In a world of what are yous, welcome to the place where the answer is always human. My name is Natalie, and you are listening to Some Kind of Brown, a podcast powered by Yellow Jacket Media about mixed and multiracial life, our journeys to find our identities, reconnecting with ourselves and the communities we're a part of, all from a Southern girl who's still trying to figure out things for herself. Hello. I can't really say welcome back because you've been here and the one missing has been me. So, I I really don't know where to start exactly. Uh, there are a lot of things that I want to talk about and that's been kind of the only thing that's been consistent is me wanting to talk about things. It has been a very trying period of my life, especially the last month, and I haven't really processed it or I don't really know how to process it, process it, so that kind of bled into the podcast. And I want to start off by saying 1000% I love podcasting. It is and has been a really amazing way to talk to people and meet other people who have experiences being mixed into different worlds or just people who are interested in culture and identity. I met awesome people and this might start to sound like I'm going to cancel the podcast, but that's not where we're going. This is the first episode that is going to have a companion on YouTube or really just posting the video of the podcast on YouTube. I am by no means trying to start a YouTube career. That ship has sailed, although there are some people who manage to grow these massive channels. That is not what I'm going to do. I just really like face-to-face conversations and this feels a little more like I'm not talking to myself when I record, even though I still kind of am. But no, you're just this cute camera. That's you. Hello. I touched you. (laughs) Really, it's been a hailstorm in my life and I don't think I could come back to doing a regular podcast without explaining what's been going on. I brought up the YouTube to say that I am planning on doing more health-related things on YouTube after this because every time I talk about my personal life on the podcast, it feels weird, I guess, to me just because that's not exactly why I started the podcast. And I know that some people aren't really there for the health conversations. So all the stuff about having chronic illness, applying for disability, and other things that I want to talk about, like what I've been doing, getting into herbalism on the YouTube channel. So I'm just going to be brief about my health stuff in this. As an idea to give a complete background timeline of what's been going on, in, in September of last year, I found out that I needed a hysterectomy. Long story short, I was passing out every day for a week, every month. That was fun. Had the hysterectomy in October, and the very next week was doing stuff for Red November, which is my series that I did on missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and two-spirit people. I only gave myself a week to recover before I started working on it, which was not the most intelligent thing that I've ever done. And so I did the Red November project, talked to a ton of people in November, and never stopped. 
I think I went steadily till March to mid, about mid-March when everything really started hitting me. Emotionally, going through the hysterectomy was something I didn't really anticipate uh, going through, especially at 28. It caused a lot of really difficult emotional things for me. I knew before that having a child naturally would be extremely difficult for me, but I kind of always held out this hope that I would get healthier and one day I would be able to have a child. I love kids. Love them. <laughs> I always thought about having one. I always thought about what they would look like, my children. Um, I think I started picking out names when I was probably 12, which probably has some kind of societal pressure about being a woman, but in, to me, I just... And I still do want children. So losing my ability to have children was devastating. Probably the most devastating thing I've gone through in a number of years. And I didn't really know how to process that. So I buried myself in podcasting and talking to people in social media. I was on there all the time. But outside of that, I don't know how many times I cried every time I saw someone with their child or those YouTube uh, recommended videos. Honestly, everything that had to do with kids was really, I don't want to say traumatic because I don't want to feel like I'm making a big deal of something that other people have gone through with less trauma. Yeah, it was devastating. So I did that. I think... I came to grips with it, mostly, mostly. It was really hard because at the same time, my sister had her baby uh, in October, which, by the way, my niece is adorable. She has, like, the chubbiest cheeks. I adore her. But it felt a little like I was being cheated. Nothing is really guaranteed in life. I understand that. And to say things aren't fair is not the most useful thing because it still doesn't change the fact that something's happening to you. But a lot of my feelings from that, I think I've worked through for the most part until I watched Yummy Mummies on Netflix because I wanted to watch garbage and really felt like there were people in this world who are having babies when they don't really think about raising them and I can't have children. And that is a really really unhealthy place to be mentally. So that kind of stuff I'm sorting through. I don't know. It's <laughs> it's something I have a lot of feelings about for sure. Anyway, I, I came to grips with it for the most part. And then March happened and everything with COVID was starting. Things were looking pretty bleak. And for someone who has a lot of chronic illnesses and just general bad health as far as that goes. I did not do well. I had to be quarantined before everyone else kind of started their official lockdown quarantines because my doctor was concerned about me being at risk. I am one of those people who is at risk of the more serious symptoms. So I had to completely quarantine myself mid or early March. 
I think I've talked about it before, but I have very severe depression, uh, very severe anxiety that comes from either the depression or having post-traumatic stress disorder. Who knows? I have it. <laughs> and I saw something on a group, a Facebook group that I'm in for people who have chronic illnesses, a Spoonies group, if you know that terminology. And someone was looking for advice because their child who has major depressive issues like me felt like she was convinced she was going to die. And that is something that I was going through. When I heard about the fatality rates and what populations were really affected with COVID, it felt like my death warrant had been issued. And that might seem a little exaggerated, but I have had health issue upon health issue upon health issue for the last three years, and I genuinely thought that I would die from it because my doctor told me that everyone's going to be exposed at one point. I was already at risk of severe symptoms. I, I just didn't think that things were going to go well. It just went completely out of control. But knowing that doesn't mean that you can stop it, necessarily. So, I really started to pull away, and I'm sure many of you noticed when I took a break from the podcast series I was doing with Soph. Soph has been amazing and really understanding, and I can't be more grateful for that because it's June and I still haven't picked up the series. I do still have everything we recorded, and I do intend to pick it back up, but I really wanted to talk about this before I kind of move on. In April, I started having COVID symptoms, and just to say in the beginning, we are not going to know 100% if I had it. However, I had all the symptoms of COVID. We know who we were exposed to. By we, I mean Emma and I were exposed to someone there were some infrastructure problems here in Michigan. When I was really showing symptoms and having trouble with my breathing, we were at the, the peak of COVID, at least here, and there was a shortage of tests. So I never got tested. I could manage my breathing with the inhaler I already had, and they gave me a steroid inhaler. And even if I had to use it multiple times and then many, many times throughout the day, I could still breathe. There wasn't times where I stopped breathing, uh, at least to the point where I would have to go to the ER. So we were on, I guess, alert, you could say, keeping out a lookout for my symptoms. And if the inhaler stopped being beneficial, then I would have to go to the hospital, and at which point I would have been tested. So that's all we really know. Both my doctor and I are pretty secure in saying that I had COVID. By the time that we had enough tests in Michigan to get tested, I had stopped having most of the symptoms and my doctor really wasn't convinced that it would be helpful to get tested at afterwards. I can't donate blood or plasma, so it really wouldn't have been beneficial to anyone or myself to know other than having that 1% where we're 99% sure I had it. So... After that happened, I actually started feeling a little better about everything because the worst thing that I was scared of happened and I didn't die. I wasn't going to die. It was terrible. I felt 
I felt horrendous, but I'm alive. So I went through those symptoms and it started to get a little better around my birthday, which was May 8th. So I'm 29 now. Yay. (laughs) I was starting to get better mentally, physically, and so I started trying to come back to social media and to the podcast because I did take a break from everything. I just, on top of the politics, how things were handled in the government, not being able to get tested, that only piled more anxiety on top of me and I reached a point where I just couldn't do anything. The idea of talking to anyone was extremely stressful. The idea of looking at my phone and having to explain what's going on, especially without having any concrete answers, was extremely stressful because I didn't want to make a big deal out of having the symptoms or having COVID when people were dying and I was still being able to manage it at home. So I, I still feel very weird about not being able to do things in that situation, but genuinely, I was floored by the symptoms. Um, But as I'm sure as everyone, I guess, now knows, mid-May was really, mid to late May was the beginning of another very, very difficult situation. With the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Sean Reed, and Tony McDade, everything changed. But in an important way, nothing changed. There has been a lot surrounding the Black Lives Matter protests that is very complicated and has brought up a lot of feelings for me. But specifically, the protests have finally captured people's attention. And while I'm grateful for that, if I see one more statement from a company saying that we stand with you, Black Lives Matter, I actually feel more upset because I get you're supposed to be grateful that people are paying attention, that change is happening, that there are allies and people outside of the Black community that want to affect change. I am grateful, but I don't understand why now. Because as a Black woman, I have seen so many Black lives lost over the last five years, I think. Why is it when so many people have died, when the Black Lives Matter movement has been talking about it for years, when Black people have been talking about this for years, why now? Why is it when we talk about these people and their stories, are people listening? And I I really don't understand. I don't understand how between one death and the next, people care. That's just something I'm going to have to think about and probably come to terms with myself because I feel a lot of bitterness almost. And I don't really know if that's fair or not, but especially for people like me, for Charmaine, for other black and mixed podcasters who've been talking about these issues for years, now... People are listening and they're coming and they want to know who else they can listen to. They want to know what books they can read. Netflix has its own Black Lives Matter channel playlist, which feels a lot like it's capitalizing on an issue that is very serious. But any education that comes from it, I welcome. I just, again, it's really complicated. Uh, 
and I'm probably going to talk about that more later because if I continue now, we'll be here for three hours talking about how I feel about these kinds of things and affecting change. But it was kind of my jump back into social media because I didn't know, there was no way that I could sit there, there, by there I mean here in my apartment where I've been forever. I could sit here and not say something about these issues. And that's been another thing some people are telling black people they can they can relax, that they'll take up the mantle, that they'll do the educating. People like Soph, who are amazing and doing a lot of work out there. However, I did not feel like it was good for me to stay out of the conversation. But on June 3rd, I had my hearing for disability. And if you're not familiar with that process, you have to apply first. And usually everyone gets rejected the first time because unless you're literally dying, even then, they may not give you a disability for your health circumstances. I think the only people who really get approved the first time are in kidney failure. But we get that first rejection. And now a lot of states, both Arkansas and Michigan, I know for sure, have an automatic second look at your case. A lot of people still get rejected on that second. You file for an appeal and they're you're told basically that you have six months, anywhere from six months to 18 months, to wait for a court date. I got mine actually relatively quickly after I did that, or after the state finished its second look at my case. So, and that was scheduled for June 3rd, in the midst of all of this. And I have been unable to work since September of 2017. The fact that I was finally getting this far, finally getting in front of a judge where I can tell my side without people just looking at my medical history was something I'd both hoped for and was terrified of. Because for these three years, I've lost friends. I have had fights with people who have made light of my health situation or thought that I wasn't working hard enough. I didn't want to work at all. I lost a best friend pretty early in, and it's been a struggle. Of course, I I do have good friends who have had my back, and that has been a kind of saving grace, and Emma has always been really supportive, mostly because she's around me, so she sees what I go through. So I had my court date on June 3rd, and it went well. Kind of. Again, I'm really going to talk about this in depth um, later, but I am probably going to get my determination this week, and if not this week, next week. Basically, everything is complicated because I'm 29, and no one wants to give someone disability at 29. So, yay, our government system. Regardless, I was processing it pretty well. And then we lost another sister in the Native community. I woke up to the news that Chantel Moore had been shot after a wellness check. Um. And waking up to that after everything 
All this within a year. Talking about missing and murdered indigenous women, girls, two-spirit. Going through my own health issues. Going through watching the government frame people for rioting and the death of more people to the community I belong to. Wading through those uh, responses because that was... <laughs> A lot of people had opinions and they weren't all good, but waking up to see that Chantel Moore was killed was a lot. It's, uh, I hit a wall. I hit my threshold of too much. Whether it's fair or not, weak or not, I couldn't handle it. And I, once again, just, I felt like I couldn't do anything. I felt like I couldn't say something, I couldn't talk on things, mostly because I couldn't justify where I'd been and why I was having so much trouble coming back. And it's hard for me to gauge what's normal, what is a normal amount of trauma someone can take before they start shutting down. I don't know if being unable to do anything at the point I did was weak. I don't know if... I don't have a good gauge of personal strength. Uh, I just don't have a good gauge. And I'm trying my best to continue as normal because I can't just sit in my room and fester. I need to do things that make me happy. And as much as I have to talk about things that aren't happy in my podcast, I can be a part of a community that's going to be supportive. There are a group of people who are genuinely amazing human beings that I've been able to meet since starting the podcast and I'm working on seeing that more rather than things I can't control. So for now and probably for this foreseeable future, I am going to make Some Kind of Brown a bi-weekly podcast because disability and the way the government works here is very complicated. And I still don't know if I'm going to get support in that way. And waiting for something that's not guaranteed to me and hanging my whole life on that has caused, obviously, a lot of stress. And so I've been really looking at things and what I need to do if I don't get disability. That can't be the only thing I've planned for in my life, and for a long time it was. So the podcast is going to go to twice a month. I will probably be posting to YouTube at least three times a month because, again, I like talking to people about things I'm going through and especially when I was applying for a disability and in that process, it would have been nice to know some things or at least be able to talk to people who want to talk about those things or have experience in those areas. And yeah, I talk a lot. I'm always looking for more people to talk to, so... Especially because I keep reaching my poor introvert's limits. If you are an extrovert like me, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, where you have to, like, introvert hop. But along with having the podcast bi-weekly, I am going to take two months off, probably January or July. Not this July, obviously, because I'm coming back from a long break, but in the future, January, probably July, to give me a little refresher period and time to work on some other things that I have going on and hopefully that will help me be more consistent with the podcast because 
my health issues aren't going away. At least most of them aren't going away. And every week when I'm still the only person who runs a podcast is going to be difficult at times. And every time I have to take extended time off the podcast, I hate it. Uh, I hate it because I, again, love podcasting, but I also hate it because I feel like I'm letting people down, especially this long break that I've had and it has gone on probably too long. Uh, I'm trying not to be too hard on myself, but this is how I want things to go moving forward. I think it would be healthy for me, especially, and good for people listening to the podcast as well. I'm going to get back on social media, which I've been hiding from because I get really nervous about having to explain myself in a lot of anxiety and then guilt about feeling anxious and then I don't get on. So, um, and it's been not great for people who I talk to or have talked to on a regular basis and not great for me who thrives off of social contact. So I just ask that you're gentle with me. I have never in my entire life felt like a fragile person. In fact, I prided myself on not being fragile and being able to push through things. But right now, I don't know how to push through and I, I feel like I can't. And that's really rough, really rough for me. So I guess this is going to be the year or six months of the year that I really have to take a look at my personal limits because I can't push myself through the, the amount of things that I used to push myself through and expect to be healthy on the other side. And I just would like to avoid that little breakdown because the last month, I think I've cried more than I have in my life, which is probably not true, but I, I really went through a few weeks of crying every day. And that's one of the reasons why I haven't been on social media. Anyway, I hope you don't hate me for this or being gone so long. I hope I don't hate me. If you are interested in talking about plant-based medicine, which I've been burying myself in every day, really. Beating, crafting, chronic illness, intersectionality, identity, I guess my channel is going to be a bunch of miscellaneous stuff, which is totally fine to me. I just need to externally process things, and maybe we can all help each other. While the world continues to burn in some areas and then is a little more apathetic in others, the communities and people we surround ourselves with are going to become more and more important. I love all of you. I hope that you are well, honestly both physically and mentally. I hope that if you're struggling with all of these horrors that are happening around us through all the feelings that surround the Black Lives Matter movement and the missing and murdered indigenous woman and two-spirit, you're kind to yourself and just that you're kind to yourself and don't be afraid to ask someone for help or support if you need it. Being sad isn't being weak. Being overwhelmed isn't being weak. And that's something I still have to work on for myself. So I will talk to you later in two weeks, probably before the next episode. I am going to pick up the series with Soph. Just keep an eye out on social media for that because, again, I will actually be on there. 
And that's probably enough rambling. I hope you're well. I hope you're happy. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. Educate yourselves. And I will see you in the next episode for some more Shades of Brown. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Some Kind of Brown, and I would love to interact with you over, especially on Instagram. You can also join us on Patreon for ad-free episodes, after-interview debriefs before the episode comes out, stickers, t-shirts, and more. Another great way to support the podcast is to subscribe wherever you're listening and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Podchaser to help our brownish family grow. You can find the links to everything and more in the show notes through the link tree on my social media bios. All of your support is what keeps this podcast going. Thank you to purpleplanet.com for the use of their song Love Life, and I'll see you later with some more Shades of Brown.